Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Hey, Standing Brothers Show. Jacob here. And Joe Biden is the President of the United States. Or is he? All the cool kids out there will understand what I just ripped off. Folks, Standing Brothers Show, episode 160-something. We're in the 160s now, Joe. Can you believe that? The 160s. The 160s. In relation, how is that uh, relevant to anything? What, the intro or the... The the 160s, what is that? I don't know. I mean, the 160s, you can say that uh, uh, that's uh, 10 more than the 150s. There you go. And, r- and, you are f- and you are under 40 away from 200. There you go. We'll hit 200 before we know it. Before you know it. Before I know it. Before anyone knows it. Right. Do we even know anything? I don't know. Just cue a Vsauce music there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, um, I have never watched a Vsauce. What? Video. I don't think I don't think Are I you have. kidding me? It's like everyone goes uh Radio Gaga over uh Mr. Beast or things like I have no, nev- I have no, never no. watched a Mr. Beast. Vsauce is I think <clears throat> I think Vsauce is among the greatest YouTube channels of all time. Really? Yes. Vsauce's videos are maybe I classic. have maybe I have watched maybe I have watched one that you sent Dude, to me. Dude, you need to look, Vsauce what back in the day, I mean, he hasn't done content like he used to. But back in the day, his videos, like, okay, I'll, I'll show you. His videos from seven or eight years, look, look at these views, 32 million views, 9 million views. Like, these are some seven years ago, and they're all just different avenues of science, and just he answers these questions like, hey. A lot of useless stuff. Yeah, but he, he, he goes on these, on these rabbit trails where you're like, oh, where is, this, where, where is he going with this? Nowhere. And then he, no, 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 no. And then he always brings it back to the point of that episode. But he covers all kinds of just different um, idioms and different aspects of science where uh, he talks about, you know, whether it be um, physics or philosophy or chemistry or something. Um, You know, he does a whole episode about, you know, how much money is there on Earth or like, so what is the Earth worth as far as a value? But it's just cool. And I think that you can really he makes learning about science and physics fun and interesting uh i think he's just one of the one of the greatest youtubers if not the in my opinion greatest uh especially science youtuber definitely but for someone to create a channel that is that and still gets crazy amounts of views i mean 10 10 years ago still has all these views yeah when you, when you see a video like this that says you can't touch anything you're like all right, gotta click on that. I gotta see what is this all. What is this all about? Okay. Um, anyway, um, let's. Uh, you wanna you wanna get into the, the the reason why the folks have tuned in not to hear you talk about Vsauce? Um, they they came for the what they came for is they came for one hour of smooth listening. <laughs> no. Uh, anyway, uh, so let's let's get into the news, as it were. Um, so, uh, this past weekend was filled yet again with Fox News showing its hand as for what it really is, since it was taken over by the, the Murdochs and the Murdoch family, uh, to be nothing more than just a, um, uh, 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 
pretending, as it were, as so-called um, not left uh, media. Uh, the only time that Fox News tells the truth is, is the hours between 8 p.m. and 9 p.m. Because we all know at 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. it all goes downhill because we know we're going to see the uh, the ensuing bromance between uh, Sean Hannity and Lindsey Graham. Which, side note, uh, did you know that Lindsey Graham and Bernie Sanders are doing a, a debate? How can you how can you debate yourself? I, I thought you're gonna get you're gonna get two of the the biggest hacks from both sides to debate the issues. No thanks. I, don't know, <laughs> I saw I saw that and I thought why would why would anyone want to watch this? Why why would anyone choose to watch this nonsense? I mean, uh, people that like Bernie Sanders, real leftists don't like Bernie that's Sanders. My, that's my point. And real people on the right don't like Lindsey Graham. So who are they? Uh, that's my point. It's kind of like the uh, this the this year's Super Bowl halftime show. Who is this for? Yeah, it, it was a good halftime show. Yeah, but who was it for? It was for Los Angeles. It was about it was about West Coast hip hop. But that's so, but I mean we talked about it. I thought it was I thought it was one of the better ones in a long time. Okay. Even though I don't listen to that kind of music, it was a well put together show. They gave every artist time. I thought it was good. Okay. Um, but you know this debate between Lindsey Graham and Bernie Sanders, who, who is actively invested in this, and who yeah. who's like, man, I got to get home at. You know, eight o'clock to watch the debate between Lindsey Graham and you know, open hand and closed fist. Lindsey Graham between <laughs> uh, you know, Paul. the millionaires and billionaires, Bernie Sanders. Well, well, that was well. Bernie Sanders is, is the one who uh, claims to be a fundamental leftist or or a liberal or a progressive, but he'll vote for all these wars and uh, vote for 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 the bailouts of these companies. I remember that he was the one that. Did didn't he vote for the COVID stimulus and all that I'm sure garbage? I mean, so the, the two like biggest hacks from both sides. Yeah. Well, so. like, didn't uh, didn't Lindsey Graham said that 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 he would uh, welcome whatever gun restrictions they uh, want to put? Opening, opening he was to he was, he was opening it. to discussing it. Which, if you're opening to restricting people's access to firearms, th- you, that's not even a conversation. That's no, not. It's, it'd be the same thing of saying, "Hey, I'm open to restricting speech." Well, maybe this is a, this is his example of open hand, closed fist. Maybe it is. Whatever that. Or means. maybe it's his example of uh, reaching across the aisle, bipartisanship, which we now know that uh, bipartisanship is. is Whenever you hear something that's bipartisanship, you know it's going to be bad. Well, it's the evil party and stupid party getting to getting together to do something that's both evil and stupid. But like, if the Republicans solely do something, chances are it's probably pretty stupid. If the Repub- if the if the Democrats only do something, it's probably going to be pretty bad. But if they both come together on something, y- you you know for a fact that this is not going to be a good thing. Yeah, because they they all had to make some kind of compromise, and it's and it usually only go only goes in one way. Uh, yeah, and that's not the the way that probably most pe- most people, even probably most Democrats would like. But you know, uh, Ukraine needs money, I guess. Anyway, because they're losing. What were we talking about before we got onto Lindsey? Fox Grant? News. Oh, Fox News. That's right. Yeah, the, the channel that should be banned from the. Uh, from from the airwaves, if you still have those, the the bunny ears. Anyway, <laughs> the airwaves. Um, in a surprising twist, Fox News may be the uh, may be the next entity to go woke. With a conservative outlet airing a segment on Friday that celebrated a transgender teen and the family that supported the teen's so-called transition, calling the story inspiring. 
Now, if we're going to call Fox News conservative, then I guess Sean Hannity is, you know, the most consistent um, person around because it's not, and and he's not. But anyway, the segment was about uh, Ryland Whittington, who transitioned into being a boy at the age of five, if you can believe that sort of thing. The 14-year-old Ryland Whittington is a typical South... Typical, typical uh, South Carolina teenager, and the Willingtons, along with his mom, Haley, dad, Jeff, sister, Brittany, are a typical family. This segment began. Well, um, given that transgenders make up, like, what, less than 1% of the population, I wouldn't say typical, would you? Uh, I, I, it would not cross my mind. But the only difference, though, is, is Ryland's eyes is what the family can mean to the tens of thousands of kids under 18 who identify as transgender. Uh, speaking in an interview with Fox News, stated the, the family put their story out there in a case. Uh, there's another family out there who's going through what we're going through, and there's another family who is proud of who they are. The, the Fox correspondent Brian Lenez, uh, you know, who reported the story, uh, managing to tell his parents that he is a boy. I couldn't just see him. It wasn't him trying to be a brat. It was like painful. It truly was painful for him to come, for him to have to wear feminine clothing for us, consistently tell him, you're a girl, said the the, uh, the mother. Oddly enough, her name is Hillary. Uh, we thought that the gender and sexuality are the same thing. It took us a while to figure out that those two things are different and that children actually do recognize their gender at a very young age. Um, this kid decided that he was no longer a girl at, at five. So you got Fox News openly, uh, and Dana, Dana Perino, the Fox, the Bush White House hack who got up there and lied for the president, uh, openly to saying that this is a, an inspiring story, that we're going to, the, the butchering of children is an inspiring story, and this story needs to be told more. As Pride Month continues, we got to have these inspiring stories from Fox News. So... If the biggest outlet for so-called conservatism has gone woke, then what is there? What is left? What's left of of conservative media? If if they if they can't even call out as an organiz, as an organization, the drag your kids to pride event, or what was going, or if they're not consistently towing the line on being against the uh, the outrage towards the don't so-called don't say gay bill, then what good are they? I mean, were you expecting them to... I, I, I'm not expecting them to be, you know... Uh, I'm, not, I'm not expecting them to be, you know, a, like a culture warrior, like, I don't know, like a... like a, 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 a What's his name? The guy that did the movie recently, Matt Walsh. I'm not expecting them to be Matt Walsh. That's not what I'm expecting. But, you know, a half of that would be nice. Mm-hmm. Would that does that make sense? I'm, yeah, not, no. I'm not expecting Fox News to be you and I, or to be like Ron Paul. That's not what I'm, I'm expecting. At the very, I, I think you're expecting them to do the absolute bare bare minimum. I, that's all I'm asking for. The, the bare the minimum. The bare minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that's that that should be a lot to ask for from your from the biggest so-called conservative outlet. Because if we listen to the left. The left will say that Fox News, you know, is like a dog whistle to the right or whatever. That Fox News this, Fox News that. And p- people who are actually consider themselves, you know, to be somewhat conservative or libertarian or right wing or just not left will all say, yeah, Fox News sucks. Yeah. Like, unless you're watching from the hours between, you know, 8 and 9 p.m., uh, the channel is terrible. 
Like, I, 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 I don't know why people still cling on to Sean Hannity as he's, like, some gatekeeper um, of conservatism. Guy's a hack. Because, you know, what, as Sean will, Hannity will tell you, as you know, according to the last time I listened to him, like, a couple years ago, you know, he's not a registered Republican. He's a registered conservative. Like, okay, dude, whatever that means. But yet you'll sit there and you'll... But yet, you, but yet you'll sit there and you're talking to the biggest hack of the Senate. Not Mitch, not Cocaine Mitch or Moscow Mitch, but Lindsey freaking Graham. Like, hello, dude, you, you are the biggest hack in so-called conservative media. Like, why do you... Why, I just, maybe it's just, just me trying to get things off, my, off the brain here, but I don't understand why anybody still watches the channel. Like, okay, you saw how, how quickly... They dropped the whole, you know, how quickly they, they called the races in the, the election for for Joe Biden, um, how quickly they just like, oh, we're not going to the, the left has has decided that there was no funny business in the election. So any mention of that, it, we're going to you're going you're gonna to get canned. It's like, wait a second. Can we at least have a conversation about this? They will continuously um, always give deference. They will always bend the knee. They will always genuflect to the left, and they're hoping that the, that the left will do the same in response. But every time they get the pie thrown in their face. Well, when you're talking about the election, I don't. I. I, I just use my, that. I just use that I as one example. That, but, my, but my issue with some people who give that argument is that I have. Do I believe that there was funny business in the election? Yes, there's funny business in every single yeah. election. There's there's too much power to be up for grabs for somebody. Of, it's the margin of, of theft or the margin of fraud versus the margin of error. Yeah, but the question is, was there enough uh, fraud or enough funny business to to change the outcome? I, 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 have not, I have not been convinced of that yet. I've not seen any evidence to support that. Um, but by default, I always know there's going to be fraud. There's going to be some kind of funny business in, a, in, in every election. Um, and it's not past the United States to, to do funny business. So some people are like, oh, Jacob, you just, you're a conspiracy theorist. Uh, the United States has, uh, has, has meddled in, in other foreign elections, <clears throat> Ukraine, <clears throat> Israel, many, many times. So it's not, it is not past them to meddle in the results for the outcome that they desire. That's all I'm going to say. But I have not seen any evidence to support that the Democrats had a, an, an attempt to, over, to, to sway the outcome of the election in the favor of Joe Biden. Uh, but people that come out and say that, oh, there was 100%, no funny biz, 100%. Everything um, was on the up and up. Everything was on the up and up. I have to, you know, little red flag. We all know that there was funny biz. We all know that there, there's crap that goes on in every single election. So... Uh, so that and um, the people that usually say that are the ones in 2016 who said that Trump stole the election with right. the, with the aid of Russia. So what is it? Either either all the elections are secure. The elections was hacked. In it was 2016. hacked. Remember, remember, uh, Putin installed yeah, Trump. Putin puppet. Putin puppet. Putin installed uh, Trump, and that was the going oh, narrative for four for four or, or, or five my years. My favorite from Stephen Colbert. Uh, Trump was Putin's uh, blank holster. Yes, uh, but for for four years the election was stolen by a foreign power. But once Trump lost, then there was no there, there was no way there was no way that anyone could have. It was the most secure election of all time. Sure, if you want to go with that. But I I haven't seen any evidence to support that, and I well, and I, I, mean, I, I, I won't come on here yeah. uh, because anything that I say that I don't have back back. Backing evidence to support, I'll always say tinfoil hat time because I'm not going to state 
um, conspiracy facts or, or, or conspiracy theories if I don't have facts to back them up without first and uh, first um, bringing forth that um, context. Well, the election in 2020 has to be the most secure ever. Other uh, otherwise, the uh, January 6th was just really a glorified, unguided tour of the Capitol. I mean, that's all it was. That's all. That's all we're seeing with this whole charade of this. Uh, January 6th thing, which, I again, I have yet to see any evidence from that side that all they have to do is they have to prove, look, for me to get on the side of, hey, hey, we should lock Trump up for this. Now, you can lock, it's funny, they can lock up Trump for many things, uh, but, 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 but they want to choose this action? Okay, sure, whatever. They, they, they could convince me to lock up Donald Trump if they could show me that Trump knew it was a fraud. And Trump coerced these people through a false narrative that, that he knew was false to go and try to overturn an election. Couple issues with that, as we've discussed many times. Even the day, like the day after. What did these people think? What did these people think that was going to happen? People on the 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 left who, for some reason, believed that our democracy was 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 minutes away from from dissolving. Do these people think that if if they got 100 people, 100 Trump supporters inside the Senate building, and, and they all voted to overturn the election, oh, well, hey, I mean, that's, that's it. Do you, think, do you think that Nancy Pelosi, um, if she was there and, and the, the shaman said, um, hey, I want to be in charge, Nancy goes, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. Here you go. <laughs> Here's my gavel. Here's my gavel. I, I had no idea you wanted to be in charge. Go right ahead. No. These people could have could have occupied the capital they could have still occupied the capital and that wouldn't have changed anything so i, I don't know what the narrative that that they that they were they, that they were going to overturn the election to me has not been proven and also has been proven that trump had a grand conspiracy that this one to happen do you know what i think happened i think people got riled up and they happened to be pretty close by and Possibly, I don't have any evidence to back, but possibly there's been a lot of funny stuff that I've seen about. Um, who is Ray Epps? Yeah, who was Ray Epps? The guy who was saying we got to take the Capitol the night 5th? before. And then the day of January 6th, he's on the front lines t- whispering to people. Right right before they go and they start breaking the barricades down, or this, the barricades same, are being moved this same dude is up there whispering to people's ears. Uh, look. It, it, it is a little funny. I'm just saying. I don't have any evidence that Ray Epp is a... Um, Informant of any kind. He's a fed. But the night before, and this, the fact that this guy is on video saying, let's storm the Capitol, and he's on the front lines, on video, whispering to the to the front line of Trump supporters, right before they breached the barrier. This guy hasn't been charged, and we know his name. <laughs> Yeah, we know who this guy is, well, and he has not been charged with anything. It's just a little funny. Well, a, a few months ago, when that story broke, uh, Jake Tapper and Brian Seltzer all told us that there, that there was nothing there to to, oh, to look at. So, but of course, the shaman problem, problem solved. But of course, the guy wearing the the, the, the bear skin or whatever. Of course, like, he was the mastermind, right? And he's the guy that we have to go after the and throw in a jail cell. Well, there were but the guy is there. But the guy who's saying storm the Capitol, we got to take the Capitol, and who's coincidentally on the front lines right as this whole thing happened, yeah, he's def- definitely not involved. Yeah. So, we, so we can't be looking into him at all. Um, 
That's what I think happened. I think that January 6th was not necessarily a good thing, but on the grand scheme of American tragedies, they are one step above spilling a milkshake or, or dropping an ice cream cone in the grand scheme of things. Because then you could, people come to me and say, oh, Jacob, they destroyed property. There was property damage. Yeah. I'll use that same argument that you used over the summer of love. Remember, remember the summer of love whenever they would set fire to to uh, to businesses, uh, businesses cars, because churches because it was because they were down with the cause and and what did you guys say? Oh, it's insured. It's it's all insured, Jacob. What do you matter? I can guarantee you, the Capitol building is insured. <laughs> I can guarantee you that within a matter of days, all of that property was was restored. Our our quote unquote democracy, which again, if you want to. If, if you want to hold up that God that's failed in democracy, go for it. I, whenever people say, oh, we could have lost our democracy, I, I kind of go, oh, man, that's – dang, that's terrible, man. No, oh, the, wait, no, 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 please stop. No. <laughs> <laughs> the tears, the tears are falling. Now, I'm not a fan of democracy, so it's no secret on this show. But I, I can't find anything that makes me want to care about like sure okay if you want to prosecute and arrest people the people that were assaulting police officers the folks that actually you know damaged property sure go for it i i have i have no issue if if you know there's a couple videos of like guys with flagpoles hitting police officers on the head yeah you, you're, you're assaulting another person even though i have my issues with 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 those with some of those people uh you you still can't do that but here's the thing. If there was funny business in, in and all this was going, let's just play devil's advocate here. Let's just say there was funny business in the election. And let's just say that Trump did have a reason to get these people get people concerned about it. Because there actually was data to back it up. And that Trump really was still the president. Then could you see these people as doing the right thing? Hmm, possibly. Could they be securing our democracy if Trump really did win the election? If 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 what Trump is saying is true, which I don't think it is, but if it was true, then in their minds are they are they really patriots? Would they have been seen the same as the as the founding fathers who tried to uh to restore the republic because because legitimately there was wrongdoing in the election process? Well, I mean, just because the left has always been wrong doesn't automatically make Trump right. No. I think that's where uh, some people may get a little confused in this scenario. But at the same time, though, uh, given the fact that we lived through two years of nonstop lies about COVID, um, it wouldn't behoove me to uh, at least um, <clears throat> to at least to at least play with the idea that the election was stolen. Um, like we said before, all all elections have their funny business going on, so it, it you know I, I am more open to it now than I think I ever have been. Uh, I think I even said that after the you know a couple of days after the election that you know, given some of the things that were coming in from these certain states where they were finding you know hundreds of thousands of ballots and none of them were for were for Donnie. Um, that's a, that's a little suspicious. I mean, I'm all ears. I'm all, I'm all ears. Please yeah. tell me something. Like I again, I haven't heard anything definitive. 
like it doesn't help when you have these these Lynn Greenwood people oh, and the, the, the Mike of, Lindell people who of come Lynn out. Wood or um, Mike Lindell saying I have evidence. Like, okay, give it. it to me, please. Yeah, I would love to report. I would love to write about. I love to talk about it. Just please give it to us. But they they, they won't probably because they don't have it. Yeah, it's it was Lynn Wood. Uh, what was her name? The Kraken. The Kraken lady. lady, and then the my. And then the um, so my pillow guy yeah. who was who has had three or four different press conferences and live streams well, he saying he's going to release he it. He had the big tech uh, symposium where they were uh, airing all the, their grievances towards big tech and how we need to rein it in. And uh, there was a big uh, thing uh, event on the election fraud, and no new evidence was shown. Yeah. So Mike Lindell says he has the evidence. Okay. Then please, please just tell, tell us. us what it is. There are stop with the cloaking daggers. Just tell if us if you're what it worried is. about. If you're worried about retaliation, right? If you're worried about if you release this, if you blow this whistle and you're going to get pro- you're going to get found. There are many different publishers out there like like WikiLeaks who, who would be happy to take this cuz WikiLeaks ha- has has released a lot of damning evidence a lot of a lot of other people and a lot of governments. So if the US election was stolen, that would that wouldn't even rank as, as the highest incriminating evidence for a government or an individual. So WikiLeaks would be happy to take that information, Mike Lindell, if you have it. I know that if a Julian Assange was in charge, was still actively running, I know that he would be happy to take that. He'd be, like, begging for it. Please. I know that guy's like a... Gl- like like um, Glenn Greenwald. Aaron who, Mattei. Aaron Mattei. All of these guys would be happy to write about and to publish this, this information. I mean, Glenn Greenwald's published the, the whole Snowden story, which was one of the most incriminating stories against the U.S. government in the past two or three decades. So there are ways if, if, if people say, oh, well, you know, Mike's fearing for his life if he releases his, his information. You can release it anonymously to these sites. Or just build yourself a pillow fort. <laughs> pillow fort. <laughs> no, just, just release the documents to one of these publishers. And they'll be happy to bring it out. But whenever you come out there and say, I have this evidence, I have this evidence, and you don't release it, it doesn't help the case. It, it doesn't it, – it makes me believe less and less that there actually was – there actually was funny business that overturned the election. You remember that article we uh, talked about – maybe I just talked about it. I don't know if you were here or not. Uh, about the fortifying of the election that came out in – I think it was People magazine, I think, or – it was some some left wing outlet that was talked about how they fortified the election in 2020. I think so. When they're writing articles like that and saying, you know, doing the whole OJ thing, you know, I didn't kill anybody, but if I did, this is how I would do it. Yeah. Um, doing doing pulling an OJ, they're kind of gloating at this point. But anyway, enough about that and Fox News. And isn't it funny how we start talking about Fox News? We always end on January 6. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> you election. have that whole sham of a thing going on with the committee, and I've read. You know, I've read I've read the New York Times. Who, if, trust me, if they're going to say anything bad about Trump, it's going to be the New York Times. Nothing new. There's there's nothing new. Like there's the only thing that I can see is that Bill Barr said that Trump was detached from, from reality. Okay, we already well, knew that. My my question is too is how much of these people who are coming out against Trump, Bill Barr, whoever, yeah, but are, are just doing that because they don't want to get caught in the in the crap themselves. But what I'm saying though is that what I'm saying is that they have not proven to me yet. That Trump, A, knew this was bad information. Because remember, if he acted on, on information that he, th- that he thought was true from, from trusted advisors and went on, and Okay, if he was advised poorly, 
if he was if he's given bad information and acted upon it, how can you hold him responsible for that? Yeah. Like if his top advisors are saying, Mr. President, the election was stolen. You have to fight this. You have to fight this. If, if his top aides, top security experts are telling him the election was stolen, then how can you fault him for going out there and saying, hey, it was stolen? But if he was being told none of this and he knew it wasn't stolen and, and he still went out there and said it and at the same time orchestrated all this because they haven't proven that he orchestrated any of this. You know, going out there and saying the election was stolen. Okay, we've said this many times on this show that they said the election was stolen in 2016 and, and whenever Trump supposedly was installed by Vladimir Putin. If there was an assault on the U.S. Capitol from, from leftists and from every other American because of this, then could we hold the media response? Could we hold Hillary Clinton responsible for, for peddling false information? Or it's like when the military officials were lying to Trump about how many troops were left in Syria. And, yeah. then, and then some event goes down in Syria counter to America's interests. It's like, oh, well, Trump knew all along that he should have been doing something. When his own advisors are lying to him, it's like, well, I mean, if you're given bad information and then they do the old switcheroo under, uh, on you and they pull the, the, you know, the tablecloth underneath from the dishes and like, oh, it's all your fault now. It's like, eh, eh maybe not. Uh, but anyway. Yeah, they haven't. They haven't. Just, just, just show it to me. And yeah. show it to me and I'll be happy to, to agree. But those two things have to be true. Both points of what I said have to be true for me to be, go, me to be um, on the side of like prosecuting Trump. Because, I mean, they've already impeached him twice. twice. So, well, one over a perfect phone call. Yeah, which is pretty funny now going with going <laughs> on in Ukraine. Yeah. Um, the fact that the New York Times is having to admit that they're basically going to lose this war. Um, they're growing desperate. That's the, the latest thing I was reading um, that they are losing state or they're losing settlement at, uh, settlements and base after base. Um, and they are running out of supplies, running out of armament. And without more support from the West, they're going to lose this war. Well, didn't they just get $60 billion in the last couple months? Isn't that, shouldn't that be enough? They said they needed like, what, 5 or $6 billion a month just to keep the economy up and running? Hmm. Who's going to write that check? Meanwhile, gas here in America is 5 bucks a gallon average yeah. nationwide. And speaking of that... Um, so I'm sure everyone is noticing the pain at the pump. I am. You know, it costed I, me $60. My gas needle was in between a quarter of a tank and half a tank, 60 bucks. Mm. And my Toyota Camry in the middle of rural Georgia, which according to AAA is actually one of one of the cheapest states. Yeah. If not the cheapest state, and it's ta- costing me that much. So I always love going to the gas station, seeing those pick the stickers of Joe Biden saying, "I did that." <laughs> uh, that They're all over the place. I, I, I love it. Um, uh, so I'm I'm sure everyone f- is feeling that pain. I know I am. I put five gallons in my tank, and it cost me almost twenty five dollars. <sighs> Thanks, Joe Biden. Anyway, so the national average, you know, I think it was yesterday, the day before, hit five dollars a dollars five dollars a gallon cent. nationwide. Um, so everyone is feeling this pain, and I'm just waiting for that Build Back Better to start, aren't you, Jacob? I just the economy is supposed to be. Biden says that there is the economy has has never been better. Yeah, never been so better. So we're, we're going to fix the soul of America while ripping out everyone's wallet. Makes sense. That's right. So um, I, I am not a fan of this person. I actually think that his content is actually quite um, 
trash. Trash. I think he also is kind of a. I don't think he's a very good influence on young people, especially given his profession as an influencer. Uh, but Jake Paul, the uh, wannabe boxer who may or may not be good at it, I have no idea. I don't care for boxing. I think I don't want to watch two people beat each other up. I think it's just kind of dumb. Um, but anyway, a so-called YouTube influencer turned professional boxer stepped into the political ring Saturday slamming President Joe Biden on Twitter for the state of the economy and his frequent gaffes and incoherent sentences. He also uh, unrepented Joe Biden voters are the pr- American problem. Well, if we're talking about the culture, I think you are part of that culture problem too, Jake Paul, but that's another conversation for a different day. So Jake Paul took to his tweety, which will probably will be banned at some point because of this tweet. Uh, Biden's accomplishments. Number one, highest gas prices. Number two, worst inflation. Number three, and probably the reason why he tweeted this, uh, plummeting crypto prices. Number four, high... How is he... Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, Number four, highest rent prices ever. Number five, created new incomprehensible language. (laughs) If you are reading this and voted for Biden, you are still... And still don't regret it, then you are the American problem. Uh, The... The, the reason why he probably posted this is because of the crypto prices, because he is all in on crypto and NFTs and, he's and all that also nonsense. also a scammer, too. He scams people. Uh, yes. Along with, a lot of the YouTube so-called influencers are a bunch of scammers when it comes to crypto and NFTs and uh, <coughs> Gary Vee. Um, but, um, uh, but, you know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I quite understand how he's responsible for the drop in crypto. Uh, maybe because people don't have as much excess capital to to dump into crypto and crypto coins or crypto in general maybe that's part of the reason why maybe they're selling that because uh they're done basically gambling with their money and investing in crypto and saying well i gotta buy gas at the end of this week or whatever well what i do find funny about crypto is um if you look at if you look at the price of gold right the price of gold has been fluctuating a lot and you know when you, when you, when you have a, of an, of a, an off day um, you know, it's going to go down. But over the course of the last three months, it's remained pretty stable. At Right now, it closed at eighteen twenty-five an ounce. Um, but do you know what crypto's done? <laughs> remember, it's, it's, it's only gone down. <laughs> remember, crypto is supposed to be the new gold. It's supposed to be the, the replacement for inflation for, for for currency, and it's supposed to be an inflationary protection, right? right? Like gold and silver, historically. Yeah. Uh, gold has been hit a little bit, but you know what's. But you know what gold is not. It's not down sixty percent on the year. <laughs> Bitcoin closed below twenty two thousand dollars today, or that's what it was whenever the market closed. Now, it was twenty two thousand dollars. And do you know what crypto? You know what Bitcoin was at sixty nine thousand dollars, not but a few months ago. So I find it hard for people to still keep there in defending this as the new gold because i mean even if you were to invest in gold you still would have lost a little bit but you'd still been up on on the year compared to crypto and crypto was supposed to just destroy gold remember remember we're we're still hearing the million dollar price target for for crypto for bitcoin for bitcoin whenever you lose 60 percent of a value over the course of a few months Imagine if you bought Bitcoin at $68,000. Mm. Well, I, I, I had heard and I had seen somewhere that uh, uh, crypto wallets like Coinbase and others were uh, not allowing people to sell. Yeah, because it was too volatile. Because 
of the volatility because well that would most certainly crash their own sites and crash crypto in general but that kind of reminds me of something that went on, that happened about a hundred years ago um, in 1929 when banks just kind of shut their doors uh, and you know didn't allow we're trying to stop a run on banks doesn't that kind of sound familiar it's a little funny it's, it's, not, it's interesting yeah gold's down two percent on the year it's a little bit better now, what's than crypto uh, down on the year what but what's uh what's, what's a bitcoin yeah, let's, let's, let's look at bitcoin How, what's a bitcoin what's, yearly performance? what's the damage bitcoin is right now twenty one thousand nine hundred and the the one year it is down forty percent in the year Whereas gold is down two percent, I think I'll take the two percent over the forty percent. That's forty percent drop. That's just me. And in, in in the last month, sorry, the last yeah, it's, it's down forty percent. It so if you would have bought it at sixty seven thousand is what it peaked at, um, you would be down. You would have lost two thirds of your investment. Not pretty looking rough. so hot. That is a rough, rough now, uh, patch. Now, now, given how volatile crypto is, it could shoot back up to sixty thousand a coin in you know two weeks. two months from now. So uh, I don't know how safe a hedge against anything it's that gambling, is. That's all it is. It's, you're basically just hitting the roulette wheel. Is all you're really doing, and hoping your ho- hoping your your thing lands on snake eyes. Which is honestly what what I've always said that crypto was. It's just fine. I mean, hey, so if you want to gamble, go for it. I don't care. But um, then this is not a financial advice. This is what I've always thought of it as. It, it just thought of it as a gambling. That's kind of just what I've always seen it as, because uh, it, it's it's not a stable form of investment yet. I mean, if you. It has not proven itself to be something that you can use as currency because, like, what business is going to take a currency that's just dropped 20% of the last uh, month? You'd be hard-pressed to find any business yeah. that would take that. And every day that crypto goes down, it just makes Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger look that much smarter. Like, maybe those old guys got something right. They knew maybe, something. Maybe, maybe they weren't as dumb as everyone thinks they are. But anyway, who, who am I? Who am I to say? <laughs> who am I? I am no expert. Um, if if I got into arena and tried to argue against crypto with a Jake Paul or argue for it with Warren Buffett, I would be solely uh, uh, embarrassed in, in my lack of knowledge. But you know, back to Jake Paul. You know, I don't. I don't know the context of this tweet. I don't know the context of what he was writing about it. But you're you're beginning to see. I think the average American's gripe, besides crypto, I don't think the average American really cares about crypto that much. But you're beginning to see the average Americans kind of blight with the current um, 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 state of things. State of things in the current president and the current power people that are in power right now. Uh, because instead of taking ownership and instead of saying, yes, we have some serious problems, what is what is Biden and the press secretary always went and say? They call it the Putin price hike, right? It's all Putin's fault that they were seeing this, even though gas was going up well before at the same rate uh, before the war. Um, and you were seeing prices. And then uh, um, Biden will say things like, oh, well, this is inflation is, is a problem of Putin. Right, because... Uh, money printing is is the problem of Vladimir Putin. Let's just not forget. Let's just not let's just let's just not think think or talk about the fact that um, we just injected trillions of dollars over the last two years into the economy, 
And there was a show. There's a small little, it's a little little time show that said, "Hey, if you inject all this money back in 2020 into the economy, and the fact that you um, artificially inflate everything, uh, that may have some consequences down the line. Maybe there was a there, there, there's, a, there's a small little show on Spotify. Sounds like some smart little goots. And there. there was a whole sector of people on the on to Liberty Twitter and on people and um." To liberty-minded people who have been calling this out, saying that there will be inflation, the Peter Schiff's of the world, the Robert Murphy's of the world, all these people who were called idiots and called morons. Oh, inflation won't oh, happen. Ride the wave. Ride the wave. There's no inflation. Don't worry about it. Yes, giving everybody all this money, that won't have any consequences. Shutting down the economy, that won't have any consequences. That It's all going to be fine. It's all going to... Jacob Standridge, in January of 2020 said, if you shut down the economy, it will long outlive the consequences that will long outlive the, the virus. And boy, was I, do I hate to be right about that. Because everybody was freaking out about this thing. And, you know, there, there, were, there, there were reasons for concern. But I said... The benefits are not going to outweigh the consequences of that decision. And we are seeing right now that we, we, we just had the hottest inflation the last 40 years. And the fact that we are actually going to probably be triggering a recession because we have to wait for the next quarter. or um, So quarter two, um, the uh, market report's coming out. If we have two straight quarters of contraction of the economy, we're in inflation. Or, I'm sorry, recession. we're in recession. And a good trigger, a good indication of incoming recession is what's called the um, so yield curve inverse. Right? Yeah, inverted yield curve. Inverted yield curve, sorry. You're like, oh, I don't know what that means. Well, I'll, I'll tell you. There's a – if you go – the Wall Street Journal has, but you also can go on CNBC or wherever. You can look up. For those of you who want to know a little more in detail about what it is, Bob Murphy posted a good piece today on the on uh, on the Mises Institute. We can about we it. can link that into the description. Yeah. But basically, what it means is, um, if you go look at the the bond rates for U.S. Treasuries, you can see what their yields are. Now, yields go up whenever prices go down. So whenever people sell bonds, yields go up, prices go down. It's just how bonds, b- yields and prices go in the inverse. So what that means is that right now, the two-year note is yielding 3.381%, which is the highest it's been in several years. And the 10-year note is yielding 3.367. Now, you're saying to yourself, you're, saying, you're probably saying to yourself, huh. um... What does that mean? Well, if a two-year note, which is basically just a loan, right? That's all, that's all bonds are. Bonds are just loans that you take on. If it is yielding more for a bond that is not as long, not as mature, if you're going to get more money off of a short-term interest loan, then something's backwards here. That means that they're predicting spikes in inflate spikes in the interest rates. Because investors in Wall Street think that it's more valuable to have a bond that is shorter than long term. 
Because traditionally, the older that a bond is, the the more that it yields. It's more risk. It's a lot. It's a lot more risk in that. It's a lot more um, investment and a lot more. Um, you have you have a lot more collateral wrapped up in that because it is, is a longer term loan. That's why typically, if you get a a um, like for a mortgage, for instance. You're going to have a higher interest rate based on whatever year you get. Same thing here. So the fact that you're seeing a two-year more expense or, or, or giving out more of a return than a 10-year means people are dumping that, dumping, they're uh, dumping the, um, the two years, thinking that interest rates are going to go higher. Well, as, as Bob Murphy points out, um, in the post-war era, I guess post-World War II, a normal yield curve has been upward sloping, meaning that investors typically receive a higher rate of return if they are willing to put their money in, in uh, money uh, in funds uh, into longer dated bonds. A so-called inver- inverted yield curve occurs when this typical relationship flips, and a short demand uh, demanded bonds have a higher rate of return or return than a longer dated one. So, meaning that um, that they that they don't they they don't have any faith that in ten years that bond will be worth anything because they know they can get more yield or more money back in two months than they can in 10 years. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. No, it makes perfect sense. So it's, it's just, it is an indication that, I mean, now we did have a flip on the bonds. I think it was about a month ago, but it was very, very brief. It was like for a few minutes it happened and then it quickly readjusted itself, but it's something to keep out for. It is an indication. Well, it's corrected. I mean, it's predicted correctly every recession in the last few yes, decades. Yes, that's what it's. People are are gearing up for the fact that the next report, the next quarter, um, is it is going to trigger a recession, which is going to happen. We we're going to have to have some type of market correction for all this, whether it be driven by Wall Street or whether it be driven by the consumers not going out and spending. We're already seeing signs of it. With if you if you, if you looked at some of the um, earnings calls from the large big box retailers, Amazon, Target, Walmart. They're all signaling that buyers are not shopping as much and they're having all this extra inventory. And because the cost of everything has gone up so much, the cost of transportation and storage has gone up so much, they're having to start marking down prices. So something's going to happen, whether that be through the fact that housing, we had the lowest um, some new mortgage report that came out. People are, aren't buying houses right now, which is very, which means, well, it's, 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 we we're, we're quickly reaching a plateau where the price is so high and interest rates are not catching up fast enough with that lack of demand. You also have the Fed saying what they're going to do a three basis points or, or a half basis points, you know, half, um, a percent. half a percent increase, which is only going to make the overnight. So right now your Fed funds target is, um, um, 0.75 or 1%, which is still in the in the historical context, nothing. 1% interest rate is still nothing in the grand scheme of things. It, something. It, well, we I mean, are, given when your 30-year mortgage is at you know f- almost 6%. It's still historically nothing. Yeah. It's still historically very, very low. But the issue that was you have people who are buying houses that are 40% overvalued and... You know, okay, okay, sure, your interest rate's low. What happens if that interest rate goes to 8% and you didn't get a fixed rate? 
Oh, you're done. You're done. <laughs> you're you're done. You are over water under. Especially if your house loses a third of its value, which might happen. Gosh, you're gonna have, you're gonna have, we're gonna have two thousand eight all over again. Well, and things aren't looking any better on the renting side either because no, uh, it's it's re- the prices for renting has gone up fifteen percent just since last year. Fifteen percent. The average monthly rent in America right now is two thousand dollars. That that's a mortgage. Why rent when you could buy? Well, two thousand dollars a month. I mean, hold that, on. That, that's a mortgage in a lot of places that are not so big what? Cities. So two thousand dollars. So that's that's a twenty-four thousand dollars a year, right? Mm-hmm. What's the median household income, or the, the median salary? Sorry, I think it's only like third forty something like thousand dollars a year. Maybe under forty. Hold on, I'm gonna find it. I, I had it up the other day. The median salary. That's just Atlanta, but that's Atlanta. Median salary and it, uh, why is it pulling? Uh, must be tracking Atlanta. Um, anyways, it's here we go. Forty-four thousand yeah. dollars is the median household. That's half your income. Or, yeah, half your income is going to rent. That's something's got to give. Something is going to have to give with this because we've inflated everything. You know, the 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 bubble in 2000, the year 2000, with the whole dot-com bubble, was in tech stocks that didn't make any money. These internet companies that had no had no foundation, they had no balance sheet, no income. They were all inflated on the promise that oh well one day they'll make money or so. This is a, this is everything dealing with the internet is suddenly just a gold mine. Then in 2008, it was the housing market. They, they, they gave out loans to people that shouldn't have gotten loans on all these big banks um, because, because these loans were, were guaranteed by the Fed and because they knew that, oh, if these loans go under, we'll just get bailed out, which happened. What should have happened is that all the big banks that gave out these bad loans should be allowed to go under so that way they wouldn't do that again. They... Yeah. They wouldn't be giving loans out to anybody that can convert carbon dioxide or anyone that can convert um, um, oxygen into carbon dioxide. It's basically how it was back then. Things are a little bit stricter now, but now now everything's inflated. Stock market's inflated. Prices, food is inflated. Gas is inflated. Housing is inflated. Everything is inflated. Well, here's just an illustration for you. So um, if, if, you're, if the standard interest rate for a 30-year loan is 4.5%, right? And that number jumps to 5%. You think, oh, it's only half a percent, not that big of a deal. You'd stretch that out over the life of the loan, you're paying an extra 32 grand mm-hmm. for, over, over for your house. So what happens when the interest rate goes from where it was almost at 6%? What happens when it goes to 8%? Or 10%? If it takes a 3% jump, you're looking at uh, you know, 60000 more dollars. It's probably actually be more than that, but an extra sixty grand, no one can afford that. No, that's going to be what an extra, probably, what an extra two or three thousand dollars more a year. Who can afford that? People that are making less than fifty grand a year, no way they can afford that. If rent goes to twenty five, three thousand dollars a month, no one can afford that. So it has to correct itself. We have to have a recession. I'm sorry, a lot of people are going to get hurt. But like Elon Musk said, people have to go bankrupt. These large companies, financial firms, whether it be Lehman Brothers, like Jamie Dimon's coming out sounding the alarm about the economy, these there has to be a correction. And it's going to be painful. And a lot of people are going to lose their jobs, lose their homes. It's going to suck for a lot of people. 
but but the, it has to. But but the rate at, w- at which we're going, it has to happen because it's going to get to a point where no one's going to own a home because everything's going to be so expensive. Well, you're going to have a lot of companies like there are some you know good good companies that actually do make money will survive. There are companies out there who will be, will be the weather the storm that actually have a balance sheet and make money. But if you're a company that, that does not make money. Or just barely is like the Facebooks of the world, yeah. The Snapchats of the world. Do you think that they're actually going to be able to make it and survive? I, I, I don't. If you're a bad company that has bad fundamentals, I don't see how they how how they weather the storm. I, I just don't. And you know, if you're making real money and you're actually, you know, you have cash in the bank and there's some some of these companies out there, you know, like the long staples, like. The Cokes of the world. Ford. The Fords of the, you know, I, I don't think these companies are going to go anywhere, but a lot of these tech companies that, that don't make money, that are in the promise of making money 15 years from now, I, I don't see Do them. you think Tesla goes under? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I haven't looked at Tesla's balance sheet, how much money they have. Um, I don't know how much debt they have. I'll have to look at that, but, uh, y- you know... You know, like the companies like the apples of the world they'll be fine Walmart. microsoft the walmart's they'll be fine but you know there's a lot of companies out there who 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 honestly don't shouldn't be in business i mean but it's not something just, and it's not just big companies either it's it's small local businesses too but here's here's the thing i'm afraid of there's the thing that that really concerns me especially with the inflation um, is you know you don't want <clears throat> de- you don't want rapid deflation either cuz that's that's bad you don't want to go too fast in one direction because uh, because rapid deflation can almost be as destructive as rapid um, inflation? inflation. Yes. Why is that? They can both be destructive. Okay. They're both not good. I mean, sure, rap- rapid deflation might be better than rapid inflation because it hurts less people, but it's still not necessarily a good thing. It, it'll harm companies because they don't have to sell any products because their money... Um, will be uh, worth worth too much but well to me that that it, that seems like a better problem to have than where no one has where the money you have is worth nothing y- yes but it, it just means that everything um it's because because if things become too cheap then that, that that also harms labor because then because that means that people have to be selling more of, of a same product to mm-hmm. to yeah, make the okay. same money as they sold for one thing. So it would rapid cause, it would de- cause a, a rapid readjustment. Yes, you don't want rapid readjustments. What I'm afraid of is that if we do have a recession and if we do have all these companies that are going under, right? These companies that are that are that are too big to fail, like the airlines, um, these com- these these industries that we have deemed essential, right? Remember, I got into an argument with somebody on Twitter back in 2020 whenever they were concerned about the airlines going under, and I said that, let them. Let, let the airlines go under. Let, let Delta and American Airlines go bankrupt. Let them. And, this, this, and this, this moron was like, no, we can't. We have to keep them afloat because, you know, they're an essential part of, of um, transportation and, you know, and... Um, the economy, yeah, and the economy, and so in logistics, right? We we can't let them go under. And I said, I said, excuse me, idiot, but do you think that whenever Delta goes under, they just blow all the planes up, they just blow the airports up, they just blow all the all of the 
all of the um, assets that are that are held by Delta. No. Well, they, well, they honestly think that what's going to happen is, is like any time uh, a Vegas hotel goes out of business, they just blow up. The they, hotel. They, yeah, they, they just blow up all the airplanes. They, so they, they, start and, from they, and they never rebuild anything in there in the same spot. Yeah, it's not like almost that. Hey, if a company goes under, that means an entrepreneur can go in. That means a group can go in with better management to avoid what happened before and buy up on the cheap and rehire all those people and keep going. Or hire better people. Or hire better people. Or or run the company in a way where they don't have those issues that they did before. But no, instead we keep rewarding bad behavior and bad business practices. You know, you know people on, on the left and a lot of the mindless um, um, progressives out there who hate big business. And look, I'm, I'm no fan of corporate businesses as a whole either. But a lot of the business practices that have been perpetuated in this country are due to the government, are due to the fact that they know that if they're an essential business, an essential industry, if they go under, they will be bailed out. Yeah. Well, this also speaks to uh, something that I've talked about recent, or a lot, is our national psychosis of never being allowed to see the downside of anything. Yes. We are, we are taught as Americans that nothing can ever go down for any reason whatsoever. You can, we are never allowed to see bankruptcies, recessions, depressions, whatever. We have to do everything at all costs to make sure everything always goes up. And we are always uh, – the, the care is always dangled in front of us of, oh, the airlines might go under. Oh, we might lose such and such company because of COVID. We can't let that happen. And yet – all these leftists will come out. All these Bernie Sanders types will come out and say, "Oh, we can't let Delta go under. We can't let American Airlines go under. Oh, what's going to happen to Walmart or to whoever or these big financial firms that ripped us off several years ago in the, in the last economic crisis? Forget all of that. We can never see the downside. We can't see the downside. And this person and I, and I told this person, I said, "So you're cool with with tax dollars." going to bail out CEOs for their bad decisions and for bad economic times. And he said, yes. I'm like, well, you're part. Well, then I guess that you were for them bailing the. You're the, for TARP. Yeah, you're for TARP and you're for bailing out the banks and you're for bailing out Detroit and all these other failed industries that should have been allowed to go under. But, that, but I'm afraid about inflation is that if we do have a, a, a recession and if the banks are in trouble and if, well, I don't know if the banks will be in trouble as much as, if the recession triggers a lot of defaults on loans and defaults on mortgages, that's the only thing that's going to hurt the the banks because the banks have, have a lot of money right now. I know that JP, JP Morgan Chase and Goldman Sachs have a lot of capital assets and in, in cash, so I don't know if they're going to be hurt so much in the fact that they're or could they could they be reading the tea leaves and saying that you know if if the poop hits the fan and the, all these people default on mortgages, could they be buying up all these properties? Well, I don't know. I know that I've been reading what Jamie Dimon's been saying, and he's seeing the writing on the wall, that he's kind of sounding the alarm, which was not the case in 2008. The case in, the, the case in 2008, from what I remember um, and looking back on, was that the, is that the, 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 mu- the music couldn't stop, so there's no reason to stop dancing. Whereas I think now maybe they've learned that, hey, at some point this, this could go sideways really, really quickly. But what I'm afraid about is that a recession won't make things better. We won't learn and we won't allow the economy to, to weed out the to crap. Heal. The heal will make it worse by propping everything up. We'll just kick the can down the road right? So again. What we'll do is that if, if, if a recession happens, we'll say, oh, we need a stimulus package to give Americans – 
um, twelve hundred bucks a month again, or we need we need um, a stimulus package to bail out Walmart and to bail out the airlines and the banks and the automotive industry. What we need because we can't allow things to go under. We can't allow things to fail in this country. Failing is not an option. Even though if we allowed things to fail, and we allowed things to fail naturally, and we allowed the creative destruction that is what's, a, what's supposed to be capitalism, it's supposed to be free market economics is where things do go under based on whether or not they're actually a value, of a value to, to the economy is how it's supposed to be, which is why um, people like to point at, at, at recessions and say, oh, this is a failure of capitalism. There really isn't. There really is not supposed to be massive recessions in capitalism. If you go read all of the all of the people who who founded the idea of capitalism, the Adam Smiths of the world, the Austrian economics of the world, it's not supposed to. It's, it is not a natural thing of capitalism and of free market ec- economics. It's not supposed to be these massive recessions where everything comes crashing down. It's, it's supposed to be. A small failure over here, like 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 this company goes over, and then then this company goes under. Something got an entire country shut down, or an entire sector, an like entire housing. sector, yeah, housing or banking or automotive. It's not supposed to work that way. You you mentioned Jamie Dimon, and Jamie Dimon has said just enough not to spook investors, but to uh, interested people of like you and me. Mm-hmm. I wonder if if you or I got sat him down in a room, just the three of us, so we had a conversation. And if he were if we were to ask him about it, say, Jamie, how effed are we? Yeah, for how him, messed up are we? How, how honest he would be. Because if he were to come out and say and do the whole Peter Schiff thing, everybody would be freaking out because, you know, he's the CEO of one of the largest banks in the world. Well, like the largest yeah. – pro- I mean, you could say that that Powell is the largest bank in the world yeah. as a Federal Reserve. But Top five banks in the world. You know, Jamie Dimon is similar to the way that, that Jerome Powell is. Like, he's to be very careful what he says. Um, I mean, Jerome Powell obviously is more careful because he's literally – I consider Powell to be the most powerful man in the world. The fact that he, with a single decision, can crash an entire world economy with a, with a flip of a, of, a, of a pen, can crash the whole system if he wanted to. Or if he misspeaks. Misspeaks too. Yeah. If if I'm telling you right now, if Jerome Powell were to come out and say that we're going to have inflation for the next 20 years, oh my gosh, it would be the end of it. And he could have slipped and said that. Or he could raise interest rates to 20% and crash everything with a flip of a pen. But Jamie Dimon, you know, I mean, he controls, says several trillion dollars worth of, worth of assets. I mean, J- I mean, J.P. J- Morgan controls also Chase Bank. So if, if you're a Chase Bank customer, he's your guy that controls it. And also J.P. Morgan is a massive investor. They own, they own stake in lots of other companies. They 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 control and manage trillions of dollars in assets, so you know when when I start seeing him concerned about it, I get a little concerned, and I'm you know I'm preparing myself for that. I don't know where, where I don't know where to put your money. I mean, traditionally recessions don't last very long because we don't let them, and we don't let things to correct, work, themselves. correct themselves naturally. So, you know, that's my concern. My concern is that especially seeing how much money was injected into the economy for for a COVID, you know, if you have an inflation and a recession in everything, which is what's being predicted, what I've seen, what Peter shifts of the role of what these people are talking about is that it's not only stocks as it was in 2000 or it wasn't tech, the, tech, the tech sector. Yeah. 
It's not just housing in 2008. It's everything. Everything is expensive. Everything is inflated. Everything is too expensive, and it has gone to the point where you're you're reaching a plateau, especially with gas. You're seeing people um, buying less, and you're seeing manufacturers beginning to um, to like food manufacturers. You begin to see them not raise prices, but limit quantities of what they're putting in products. You know, something something will have to give. Um, traditionally, if you have inflation, wages keep up with it, so there's no you don't, you don't really feel the effects of it as much. Um, but that's not the case anymore. You're, you're you're not seeing that anymore. I think they call that stagflation. The uh, sorry, buy, but the '70s are called. They want their economic policies back. See what I did there? Yeah. I I think we are faced with with the uh, the worst of both worlds, where we're getting an economy that's going to be hit, 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 where the crap will, will be literally hitting the fan. We also have a culture that's hitting the fan, too, mm-hmm. uh, given what we talked about with Fox News and the transgenderism and all the, uh, the, 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 the cultural nonsense that's coming from the left. And it's really hit an all-time high here the last couple of weeks. Uh, coupled with the economic crisis, I mean, uh, some people say we're heading into another dark ages. I don't know if I... I don't know if I would buy that or not. Maybe, maybe. Um, but uh, it just doesn't seem like anything's out there that's coming to save you. You know, I still remain optimistic. I'm still optimistic, and I'm still on the side of we are going to win in the end. Uh, you know, whenever you see – there was a thing I, I tweeted out, and I don't tweet very much. Usually it's just whenever the lightning wins or whatever. Um, but Corey – um, so DeAngelis, I think it's his last name, is uh, one of the guys who's really doing some... He's out there doing, doing God's work, honestly. Um, out there pushing for school choice and basically def- defederalizing schools and trying to get them more more private. He's out there just doing a fantastic job. Um, one of the true greats. And he posted a photo that 25 states have decided to cut with the National School Board Association, hmm. which, you know, whenever you look at some of the states in there, it's like, you know... Georgia, Florida, California, New Mexico, Arizona, sorry. So you got some blue states in there that are cutting with the... Well, that's probably because their programs aren't radical enough. Well, this is supposed to be in response to... I see they also got Illinois to, in there, Yeah, too. to Justice Department declaring or investigating parents for domestic terrorism. So whenever you have the federal government classifying parents who are concerned about what's being taught, which is... You know, it comes from the state level as well, but it, it most of this comes from the federal level. It comes from the from the board of um, education in the in the in the federal. You see states that are cutting ties with it and bringing things local. That's that can only be a good thing. It can only be a a, a step in the right direction. Um, sure, there's still problems with a lot of schools, and I th- I think that you know people have people have asked me to get to you know Jacob, would you would you ever run for something local and and uh, in your local area and you know can't say has not crossed my mind about running for like school board or something like that or you know city commissioner mayor or whatever i don't know if i'll ever do that probably not but i don't think i ever win because i'd call it the um, pink slip tour um it'd be like my campaign it's it i would shoot videos of me like like getting my hand massage i'm like you know after signing f- pink slips for all of these um, board directors eight yeah, for eight hours, you really it really tires hard. If you want me to sign more for, for people that you don't like, you know, vote Donate for me. Here. Donate here. Because, you know, you really have to start fresh with a lot of these things. 
Um, I don't. I don't think. I don't think America is, is quite ready yet for a fully privatized school system, um, which I think you have to move gradually towards that. Because I mean, uh, I don't think there's structures in place for privatization of all schooling. But definitely, you can start with getting all these quacks out of there, who you know push a lot of real perverted things that are going on in schools right now. As you can, um, there's plenty of videos. The so-called family-friendly drag events. Yeah. Um, the fact that why do we even have like drag time story hour? Like, why is it even? I've never, even I've thing? never understood the appeal of stuff like that. Where when, when I first heard about it, I was like, what? Why are we? What? You know, I thought we get rid of clowns in schools. You know, <laughs> I, I didn't think we'd allow Bozo the clown to go into school. Um, but I, I just found stuff like that just completely baffling. Like, well, who, I mean, who is asking for this? Well, I think it, it's not the, par- the parents are not asking for this. I the mean, kids some, are not. Well, no, some, some of the parents are asking for it. Well, l- well, let them do, let them do that freaky stuff at home. Well, I think what it is too. It's it's kind of like Romans one, where uh, society gets to a level where it's just so completely detached from anything uh, spiritual that God just says, you know what? If you want to do all that freaky stuff fine i'm done trying to save you i'm done trying to convince you otherwise do what you want and i think that's kind of largely where we're at because if you if you notice the last couple of years the stuff has just really just gotten it's accelerated they, it, it it was at 11 now they've broken off a dial um it's just gotten just completely worse and yet there's nothing there's almost no response from the church at all you know we we have i have still i still hold the belief that we have been a secular society since the the, the foundation of this country i still believe that you know, and schools have, have have long been secularized. I will argue with some people. They say, "Oh, we will be taking prayer at a public school." I'm like, "Yes, we have." But my argument against that is, if you're looking for your public school to affirm your religious beliefs, that's that's an issue. And with me, you know, um, I don't send my kid to public school, or if I did, um, to make sure that they got the religious education or yeah. you know so well in for a me, lot of that for me it was not a huge deal like i wasn't personally offended when they took like prayer out of school because i mean like you're going to a secular school would you be okay if they had like a muslim like call to prayer as a christian no i, I wouldn't be okay with if i had a kid if they were doing the muslim call to prayer so it, it i i understand the argument both ways but I, you should be looking for affirmation of your religious, whatever religion you practice, from the state of all. Because I mean, yeah. honestly, that's, that's what public school is. It is the state. You want the government well, to affirm your. Well, there for a, for a while, is not forever, but there for a while, you know, you you could look to more secular media and say, okay, it's not completely given over to the devil. No, 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 definitely. I I, but, I do think, but I think what, I think what part of the problem is, is that the the greatest generation, the World War II generation. They sat by and allowed their children, the boomers, uh, they allowed them to, when they, that's because that's when prayer was fir- first being taken out of school was that era. The, the, gen- the greatest generation sat back and did nothing. And that kind of taught their children, the boomers, whenever we're faced with these cultural issues, oh, well, we got to be more tolerant, whatever, sit back and do nothing. And it's just snowballed into where we are today. So you kind of wake up and say, oh, well, no wonder because, well, we've always done nothing about it, so let's continue to do nothing about it. And we'll just and we'll just complain about it and then do nothing about it. So I think that's uh, I think ahead. it's I think it's kind of largely of I won't say that's that I'm not saying that's your attitude, 
towards it, but I think that's largely kind of been the attitude from a lot of people. I, I disagree. I think think the large the large portion of it has been people have given up and they've allowed the yeah, state and they've allowed yes. other people the, the, to the, the greatest generation gave their kids up to the schools. Yes. Gave their kids up to everything. The state. The state mm-hmm. And said, oh, well, while we go off and build corporate America and build up the, the U.S. economy, which thank them for that, but they left their kids to the wolves. And that's the reason why you had the hippie movement. It's the reason why you had the love, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. It's why you had the Woodstock. It's why you had all this debauchery. It's why you had John Lennon. Um, it's why you had all... Don't be hating on John Lennon. It's why you had all of these things. He wrote Strawberry Fields. Take that back. Yeah. That's why you had all these things. So that That's where I definitely come in. Um, that's where I would have to agree is that it's it's not so much that um, they've allowed it to happen. It's that there's a complete inaction. Uh, there there was not the the instilling values into the next generation. Yeah. It's just kind of I mean, we, we let society. Well, and, and a lot of it, too, is, is that something we all do. We get caught up in the busyness of life. And it's just another one of those things, that, another one of those fires we got to put out we just rather not talk about. It's the same way that I look at, you know, when you look at art. I, I don't, I don't listen to music or watch TV or watch sports uh, to get my my spiritual beliefs affirmed. Uh, I think that's a pretty shallow. I mean, if you want to go f- do do that, go for it. Um, I just, I, I would be bored out of my mind if I could only <clears throat> watch and listen to things that revolved around. Uh, my spirituality. I think, think that there's a lot of good art out there that is neutral, that doesn't have a a a um, negative or positive side out it just there. Is. It just kind of is. Like you know, there's plenty of records and movies out there. They're just kind of just good stories to be told. But I think that I think that there has been an acceleration of uh, of a side. And you know, I think it, believe it or not, I'm pretty socially liberal when it comes to matters of um, legality and of the state. I think that you could be allowed to do whatever the heck you want as long as you're not hurting other other people's um, stuff. But that doesn't make it right. That doesn't make it morally right. And I think that's where a lot of the woke woke libertarians have dropped the ball on that. Like you see people out there that are are defending the whole drag story hour thing for, for kids um, and they've really dropped the ball on that because I think there is a there's a point like I, I look at the same way with like with like drug use right I think I think drugs should be legal I've said that many times on the show now do I agree with somebody shooting up heroin no absolutely not I think it is a horrible thing to do through you to do 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 to yourself but I don't think you should be locked in a cage for it um, there, there there there's there's a fine line there where you can separate those things do I think it do I think that a man should be locked up in a cage because he wants to dress like a freak and go in the middle of the streets. No, I don't think you should be locked in a cage. Do I think that is morally right for kids to see that? No, there, there is a, there is a difference there. And I think that so many of these fake attorneys, so many of the loser brigade out there have just completely dropped the ball on that and have said, you know, I support your right to do it, but just do it. Don't do it in front of kids. Can we can we, can we, can we start there? Well, can we start with going? You're, you're already losing if that's your argument. How am I losing? That's already my argument. Because, because wouldn't you not rather have a culture that just didn't allow those things, or that? Yes, but what I'm saying is that in many parts, okay, in many parts of the world, you would be you'd be killed for doing stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? I don't want to live in a in, in a world where you're where you're killed for doing freaky things. If that makes sense. 
I guess it depends on what it is, but I, okay, I, I get what you're saying. If you, if a, if a, if a bar wants to have drag night for adults, I don't think that should be illegal. Okay, I don't think it should be illegal. But I think that sub- subjecting kids and minors to that, yes, I, th- I think that should be illegal. Yeah, I, I think I think that belongs. Be- that that that's my difference. Well, the, the but where I've kind of I guess broken with the the libertarianish s crowd and well, keep in mind, say the loser brigade because because a lot of liber- a lot of good libertarians are correct on this. Well, the yes. Mises crowd has been largely well, okay, correct so on a lot the, of this. The loser brigade, you are my enemy. I'm sorry. All the people who are saying that the Mises caucus and Tom Woods and Dave Smith are racist, you are my enemy. You are no better than Bernie Sanders or AOC or anyone on the left. Well, many of them have have just straight up joined the um. The um, Dems, anyways. Yeah, I mean that's what you that's what you always were. So take it, take the bucket, or take the the rubber boot off your head and just the go L. join the Dems. <laughs> just take the uh, Vernon Supreme. Um, but you know they the I hear the line of well you know as far as like with drugs and stuff. Well, I don't pr- promote the usage of it, but I don't think you should go to jail either. Now, while whilst yet I agree with that, um, wouldn't you just rather have a culture that just that just didn't incentivize or just didn't glorify? Uh, drug usage? Yes, absolutely. No, no. You but understand, but I a... think that's where some cons- some libertarians kind of drop the ball of, well, we can have this culture where anyone can do anything they want as long as they're not hurting anybody and think we can just keep chugging along per- norm- you know, perfectly. That's not possible. I'm sorry, but what we're up against with the cultural left cannot be reasoned with, cannot be uh, – there's no negotiating – there's no, uh, there's no living with that. There's no coexisting with the cultural left, because the people who will subject their kids to gender surgery, who will who will butcher their children, who will take them to drag queen uh, story hour, whatever, they will not reason with you. They will not negotiate with you. They will not compromise with you. So to have this, oh well, we can all do our own thing and live happily ever after. That's not a thing. That's not possible. But what coexisting no, ain't gonna happen. No, but what I'm saying is that when, when I say these things, don't take me out of context. When I say these things, I'm talking in regards to the state. I'm talking I, I in regards that, to whether or not you should be violent should be put upon you. That's what, that's what I'm saying. If you wanna, if you're 35 years old and you wanna carve yourself up, I, 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 I honestly don't care. But the no, moment, I well, hey, but that's, no, no, no. I, I don't care in the eyes of you should be thrown in the cage. That's that's what I mean to say. Okay. When, when I say I like same thing with with drugs, right? If you want to smoke meth, I don't care in the in the eyes of making it legal or or illegal. Let, let me preface that. Okay, let me make sure that because I've written on this many times when it comes to drugs. I don't think you should be violence should be acted upon you. I don't think that that. The DEA should show up at your house and th- throw you in a box. I, that's, that's what I mean when I say yeah. I don't care. Well, now, I do care for your health, and I think you shouldn't do it. I think it's a terrible thing to do for you. Same thing as a 35-year-old man who wants to carve himself up. Yes, don't do that. I think it's very, very bad for you to be doing that. But do I think that, that should be 
um, illegal or that kind of action should 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 land you in a prison cell? No. Well, I, de- I think I think there is a difference well, I there. I think I think definitely if if a doctor if someone goes to a doctor and says, you know what, I don't like my arm, cut off my arm. If the doctor performs that surgery, he should definitely go to jail. Well, that's because, a do no harm because I mean, because you are definitely taking advantage of someone in a compromised mental state. Well, that and you've you've not. And it's the same thing with gender reassignment surgery. Well, that's a, that's another thing you can talk about as well. Where does that type of surgery fall under the Hippocratic Oath? Right. Um, if you are removing healthy parts of the body, whether that be through there's some people out there who who identify as transable, transhuman, um, and they like myself. Well, that's me too. Yeah. Like, like I identify as as a trans. Live long and prosper. L- yes. Well, I'm kind of more of like the planet where like a Ziggy came from. I'm um, from Vulcan. Well, I'm from the spiders of Mars. That's what the spiders from Mars. That is like my life record. So I, when I saw David Bowie, I'm like, you know what? That's me. I am an alien. I identify as an alien. That's actually what I have registered myself as for college. An so. illegal alien. An illegal alien. No, <laughs> I am a citizen of Earth. <laughs> that is where I identify. No, but you know that is something to be said about with doctors um, r- removing healthy. Um, body parts that are not life-threatening. Like, obviously, there might be a time where you might have to amputate a limb because it's infected or whatever. But Gangrene. Yeah, but I- if it's healthy, how is that not against the Hippocratic Oath? I, I-, I-, I, don't-, I don't know how somebody manipulates their, their way into that. And, um, you know, they- some people could say, oh, well, it's because it's their mental health, so they might be mentally better... Uh, they might mentally like okay does that mean you can take an anorexic person and take more fat off of them because they might be um more they might better mentally because they're now skinnier no we don't do that for that so we shouldn't be doing it for people that have other sort of um um some mental um issues as well you know, if somebody if somebody's like, oh well, I identify as a wheelchair bound person, I'm gonna get my legs cut off. In what universe do we view that as the moral thing to do for a doctor? I would like to meet one of the doctors who actually performs on these. I'm like, what do you, what do you, what are you, what are you doing? I mean, you're, I mean, you're obviously not killing somebody as like as like an abortion doctor, but. You are altering the which is of kind life. of a kind of a oxymoron. An abortion doctor. I don't know how you're not rendering aid or care. Yeah. So, I don't know, but yeah, I think we are accelerating. I don't know if that's more of. I don't know if social media is the cause or the reason we're seeing it more. Um, I think it's twofold. I think that it's it's accelerating because we're seeing it more, and we're probably perceiving it as accelerating because of social media. So it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a dual edged sword if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I get that, and you know I just mm, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean like, like, like culture's always been secular. It's always been there's always been debauchery and bad things that have yeah, gone on. But it also hasn't been this bad. I don't think. Mm, probably not. I'd say I'd say definitely things have gotten uh, definitely things have gotten pretty worse. bad in the past. But I don't know if they've been to this level. Yeah, I mean, I think also, that although well, although there also is nothing new under the sun. So, the types of things that we're seeing now, yes, have happened in the past, but to what degree? That's up to that's up to debate. But I mean, you're 2020. We got Morbius and J- Jurassic Dominion. So we're going to hell in a handbasket. Yeah, yeah. Bring on the rapture. Bring on. God's like, blow the not another Jurassic World movie. That's it. <laughs> blow the trumpets. <laughs> Warm up the trumpets! 
You can't take it anymore. Where's that bugler? I can't do this anymore. Or, or if they ever decide to remake Back to the Future, that's it. Dang it. <laughs> Today's what's, the day. What's that? Uh, what's that? What's that article? Was that was the Babylon B article you saw about Noah? Oh yeah, a uh, time traveling Noah comes to the year 2020 and says he's going back to the year 2383 BC or whatever, and saying he's going to sink the ark. <laughs> It's not worth it. Kill them all. It's Kill like, my family. It's like um, in uh, uh, Rise, or no, the first monkey movie, the first Planet of the Apes movie. Yeah. When um, he, he he finds the the Statue of Liberty in the ocean, he's like, "Damn, God, you burned it. You blew it out of hell. You idiots. You idiots." That's that's probably how he felt. What uh, the. There, there's a there's a funny meme where I think it was like it was like one of those one of those all paintings of God, and they'll they'll insert some kind of just like I think they had one about the trans kids, and then the next photo was God saying like saying like you know how to build an ark. <laughs> <laughs> Noah, get the boat ready. <laughs> and then whilst you and I are fighting like the third monkey on the ark. That's right. That's right. You gotta fight like you're the third monkey. Fight like you're the third monkey on the ark, and it's, and it's starting to rain. <laughs> That's right, you gotta fight. <laughs> well, this has devolved into a bunch of nothingness. Um Thanks for listening, I guess, to to whatever this was, episode one sixty two, as I did I did figure out what the episode was. Um anything you wanna talk about? Anything cool going on, Joe, in the world of Joe? Anything that's um, interesting? You wanna talk about the uh the golf thing briefly? I think I, th- I think that we are out of time. I think we'll talk about that. Then why'd you even ask? No, I was saying anything like quickly. Does like anything cool oh. going on? Anything quickly like oh have um, you have you done something cool recently? Have you seen uh, a cool movie? Oh, uh, two things. Today I got new glasses. Or actually, they're in the mail. I said something cool. Oh, uh, also too. If if you have a Paramount Plus su- subscription, you can watch Star Trek Discovery. You can watch all the Star Trek um, and Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, um, you can you can watch that. Also, or you could watch the offer, which I've recently discovered through our through our our mother, who who uh, uh, who uh, who recommended it. I can't get that word out. <laughs> to um, you, you 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 could you start sounding like me over here. <laughs> what, it, d- d- I cannot d- do. You can't. You. Anyway, so it's about the making of the Godfather, and if you love that movie, like uh, yours truly here. Uh, you'll love it because it's all about how just what an impossible task it was to make it between uh, trying to get the actors, uh, mainly Marlon Brando and Al Pacino and all these guys to, to, to do the movie and then fighting with the studio because the studio didn't want to make it because it, it, it could because Paramount at that time had really so many bombs. It was the mafia getting involved, Frank Sinatra not liking the movie and trying to shut the movie down and then all the getting uh, Mario Puzio to write a screenplay that, you know, he's not, he's a novelist, not a screenwriter. So the, the movie that was nearly impossible to be made and Francis Ford Coppola, you know, threatening to quit at every turn. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it's a great story and one of the greatest movies ever made. Uh, I think it's like the top five of all time movies ever made. Yeah. You know, I'd put it like six right underneath like Morbius. (laughs) Go, go die. (laughs) You know, you, you know. So whenever he flew in on the bats, that this is like, you know, that that to me just trumps anything in the, in the Godfather. Or when they're flying ships around with helicopters and, and <laughs> Uncharted. Uncharted is like Uncharted is, is almost as good as the Godfather. 
I hate you. Uh, no. Um, good things going. Is that it for you? Sorry, yeah, I'm gonna sure. cut you off. Um, good things going on. Yankees are killing it. Um, good time to be a Yankees fan, as any time. And the Tampa Bay Lightning are in the Stanley Cup ding, Finals. Ding, ding, so ding, 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 ding. things are all good here on the Jacob Standard front when it comes to sports. I've posted some new music reviews on my album of the year, so you guys can go check those out. I kind of I did a review of of a Beatles record. You can go check that out. I listened. Uh, I'm trying to trying to go through some of the old Beatles catalog. I haven't listened to the Beatles older stuff in a while. It's not really my favorite of their catalog. I've kind of was like, eh. You know, some of those first few records are very TV, safe, radio friendly. Safe radio pop. It wasn't really until Rubber Soul that they really. But I didn't get them on the Ed Sullivan show. What? The newer or the the later stuff. Well, they didn't perform the later stuff. Like after after um, Revolver, they were a straight studio band. Which Revolver is their best record. I'm going to go on the record. I'm going to go on the record saying that the best Beatles record is Revolver. So, waiting for the lightning to strike. It's here. a 10. It's a 10. I'm feeling a strong 10 on Revolver. It's a great record. Um no, I did um Hard Days Night review. I I like I like that. That's a good just record. What is the universally um claimed as their number 1? I mean, Sgt. Pepper's is pretty popular. I mean, Sgt. Pepper's is, is a good record. I will say it's Not a, Abbey Road. Abbey Road's good too. Like anything post Rubber Soul are good. Like you know, Magical Mystery Tour is kind of a miss for me. Like it wasn't as good as the rest of them. But you know, for for a band, not to go on the Beatles too long, but for a band that released from 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 1965 when they released Rubber Soul to 1969, that four year gap when you release what five or six records they release and they're all. You know, you can you can make an argument for any one of those records to be like the greatest record of all time. Yeah, especially that's kind of yeah. in, that's kind well, it's, of it's unheard the, of. It's just the writing genius of Paul McCartney is what it is. And John Lennon. Yeah, no, John Lennon's so credited on a lot of those songs. Yes. Yeah, but more. I think Paul was credited in it more than, than Lennon. I mean, uh, let's just be honest. No, you know, I, I like them all. I think that my favorite out of them, though, is probably Abbey Road. It's probably my favorite Beatles record, but their best record is is Revolver, what without album, a doubt. What album has Penny Lane on it? That's a Magical Mystery Tour. Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it's a it's a good record. But for me, it just, it just it's not as good as the ones that released before and after it. Yeah. But, I mean, hey, you cannot go wrong with any record Post Rubber Soul, they're all just fan. They're all brilliant. Yeah, brilliant fan. The White Album, they're all good. They're all just great. Uh, but yeah, so check out those reviews. Um, again, links will be down in the description for everything else as well as Joe's. I'm guessing you're gonna link that Bob Murphy article. Yeah, I can send it to you. Um, down below. So check all those out. Uh, this episode's gone a little bit longer than I than I liked it would, but hey, it's just this is bonus content. You know what? You should be thanking us. You should be sending us an email saying, "Jacob, thanks for the thanks for the thirty extra minutes of content." I don't. I don't. Know. You should be doing that. doing that. You should be thanking that. Um, links on the description. Join the website. Five bucks a month early access. Uh, T-shirts, Substack, all that kind of stuff. Check all that out. Follow me on Twitter. I don't really tweet anything anymore. I just tweet whenever, whenever the, the lightning wins. And uh, Joe Biden says something Joe stupid. Biden. Although I did retweet that one map I was talking about, the school board, mm-hmm. and uh, Corey retweeted it. Oh, that's nice. Look, 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 I got 270 likes on this. How Do you is know? That you know how long my, my my iPad? I don't have Twitter on my did anybody, phone. Did anybody comment on it? Yeah, some people commented on it, Wait, but what did say? we'll we'll talk about. I can show you after okay. the episode's over. But yeah, you know, it just. 
I forget how much I, I don't like when people I mean it's cool that Corey if you're listening thank you for the retweet but I forget how much it just blows your blows your phone up I don't have Twitter on my phone but I have it on my computer and my iPad I forget how just every few seconds is a new like new like new like and I was like please stop uh, but no thanks for the retweet buddy uh, you are seriously out there doing God's work and I appreciate everything that you do um, yeah we'll see you guys next time whenever that is and until then um, thanks for listening and as always thanks for listening Tranquility, we copy you on the ground. You got a bunch of guys about to turn blue. We're breathing again. Thanks a lot.